welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast, and today's guest is Mel Wells. I'm so excited to share her with you. You guys, she's a certified health coach, eating psychology coach, international speaker, and best-selling author of The Goddess Revolution, Make Peace With Food, Love Your Body, and Reclaim Your Life, hailed by OK Magazine, the new body Bible for women. She is Hay House's youngest author and is a leading women's expert in her field. She empowers women to stop fad diets and challenges their entire belief system around food and their bodies by working on the relationship they have with themselves. She has been featured in Forbes 30 Under 30, Women's Health, Cosmopolitan, The Independent, and has been voted number one young female entrepreneur to watch in the UK by About Time magazine. And she just made her TEDx debut in Switzerland last December. She has a new book coming out called Hungry for More, and it encourages women to nourish their soul cravings, feed their dreams, and truly live fulfilled lives. So you guys, I loved this conversation. I have been waiting to connect with Mel for quite some time. So let's get started. Mel, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be here. I feel like we've been trying to do this for a while. We have. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's awesome, though, is just it's crazy when you get to this point where your female friends, like they're just, I love getting canceled appointments where it's like, I'm sorry, I'm speaking somewhere amazing, or I finally got this opportunity. I'm like, you go. It will all happen organically. Like I love getting canceled on for dreams coming true. So I'm so excited. Oh, I completely feel you. And I think the first, I think the the first time we tried to do this was the first day of my retreat. And I was having issues with the Wi-Fi because we were in Bali and I had a staff, there was a lot of drama going on that day. (laughs) So I'm glad that we managed to reschedule. I I don't think I've ever would have even booked it for a retreat. So you go girl. I would have been like, no, can't do it. I'm freaking out, man. Um, (laughs) Awesome. So I would love for you to share with the audience a bit about your journey um, as to what you're doing, uh, how you got started and just share, you know, what it is that really got you started on this path. Sure. So my path started out, um, I was an actress and I was on a soap opera over here in the UK. Um, And I kind of got thrown into that industry at quite a young age. I was 18 when I got my part on that show. um, And I was there for a couple of years. And I, around around the age of 15, 16 at college, I started developing um, an eating disorder. When it started with like, um, you know, dieting and the competitive nature of the performing arts industry is very much about, you know, what you look like and you know, back in that, back in those days, it was very much like 
you had to be small. You have to be smaller, prettier, thinner, everything. And there's such a such a glorification of discipline and perfection in in that world. And I I really got lost got lost in it in the dancing world and the musical theatre, the performing arts. It's all kind of in the same under the same umbrella. Um, and so this kind of quickly developed into a real addiction, a real problem. Um, and gosh, I'm trying to sum it up in, in a bit of a nutshell, but basically it took me, I was in that, in that, uh, in that black hole for about seven years of my life. Um, and it was my journey through coming out of that, through my own self-inquiry, personal development, and really learning to rewrite my mindset completely around my food and my body and really my self-worth um that was what I decided that I had to share with everyone um and so that is what led me to begin to help women get out of the diet culture um start to change the relationship they have with food and their bodies so that they don't feel like they're constantly got to be on a plan um and it's really about learning to trust your body again um and not feel like everything has to be under control and which was a huge thing for me and um what's really been incredible for me to realize and this is something that I've only discovered in the last couple of years is that your our relationship with food is so integral to our lives in that it is a reflection of our relationship with ourselves and our lives it can actually be such a metaphor for our life like how we digest our food is how we are digesting our life and how we are operating around food whether that is being a perfectionist whether that is being all or nothing, whether that is being um, very emotionally driven, um, that is often mirrored in the way that we are living our lives. So by healing our relationship with food, or at least tapping into what those patterns and behaviors are trying to tell us, we can not just change our food and our weight or our, you know, we can not just make peace with that area of our life, but we can actually change the rest of our life as well. I love that you talk about that. And I want to actually circle back to that in just a little bit. I have that written down here. Um, but first, I want to ask you about, you know, there's so many people stuck in that cycle right now that really whatever their cycle looks like, whether um, it's being afraid of food, whether it's not knowing what to do, whether it's, you know, repeating a cycle over and over again, whatever it is, I've been there, it feels very dark and lonely, and you feel like you are trapped. So what was it for you that finally broke um that cycle Mm, I think you'll relate to this um it was it was me connecting to a bigger mission and a bigger vision for my life um because when you're trapped in that cycle you really think that your sole purpose is to lose weight or to get the perfect body and you something there's a voice in your head that says I can't start my life until I've lost weight or until I've got to this size or until I've got to this percent body fat or whatever it is you think well only then can I then pursue my dream life and I think for me what really um the the massive shift for me happened when I thought that I might be pregnant and it turned out I wasn't but the thought of the thought of being pregnant and the thought of being a mother suddenly became so important in that moment and I thought well if I am carrying a baby right now I'm abusing my body with all this back and forward with this 
you know, self-hate, these words of just just hate in the mirror. Um, and, the, the, you know, the acts that I was doing, I was binging, I was purging, I was over-exercising. It was, I knew that it wasn't love. And I knew that if I wanted to step into a role as a as a mother and as a role model, um, I had to sort my sort my shit out really. Um, and so it was connecting to that vision that was bigger than just you know losing weight or getting into my genes, and that really changed my perspective. And so I think when you know food is food is something that is so easy for us to turn to to control to manipulate to you know to turn to when we are in need of a hug or a cry you know mm-hmm. it's there and we so often turn to it to handle our emotions so i think for a lot of people that are stuck in that cycle it's actually just a massive distraction for what they're actually supposed to be doing with their life um because it takes up so much time and so much energy that you can't actually focus on anything else because it just it's all consuming when you're in that cycle I can I mean that is like blaringly true for my life and it wasn't until I really started either teaching something that I love to somebody else or really stepping into something that was interesting to me that made me feel like me and so for people who are out there listening who you know because I know I know that people are they feel like and I love this because it is exactly what you just said. <laughs> they feel like they're stuck in a job. So they're like, well, that might be easy for you. You get to go and fulfill your purpose. What do you tell somebody who is, you know, maybe at their job, they feel like they can't leave. So they feel like they can't go pursue their mission, which means the cycle of how they're eating is going to be the same. Mm, I think it's about really getting getting clear on your feelings first and foremost. And I think if you are using food as an escape or as your happy place, or if diets have become your, you know, the the thing that you, that you cling to in your life and the thing that you, you know, revolve your uh, identity around, it would maybe be worth asking, like, if that wasn't, if I wasn't using that as a crutch, like, what would I, like, would I be happy with where I am? And, um, I think also just getting clear on how you actually feel before you before you go to that food or that that you know that diet or whatever it is you know that thing getting clear on well what is it that's actually driving this because if you are unhappy in your job for example it might be that you're not desperately craving these you know chocolate bars that you think that you are it could be that you're actually craving a change in your life and that for so many people is terrifying but I think if we can just get honest with our with our true desires then that's a huge step in the right direction and just just owning our desires is is so powerful um rather than you know pretending or you know brushing them under the carpet um so I would say that would be the first step is just to own if you if you know you don't even know have to know what it is that you want to do if you can recognize it's not this, then that is a good first step. I think <laughs> that was around getting there. No, I love it. And it's, you know, it's insane you know, having this conversation because the parallels um, that are running side by side with food are, they just, it, it's like exactly as you said, it's a total mirror. And it's interesting that when I was really struggling with binging, I, when I finally just did something else, like I added, even though I couldn't leave my, gym how funny of course you're you know in the fitness industry um 
I couldn't leave my gym yet. I didn't have money to close down my gym. Like I needed this as a supplement until I figured out what I really wanted to do. And even just adding dancing was like the mm-hmm. most, my, com- my relationship with food completely changed because I had this creative outlet. Did you have anything like that? Or do you hear that from other people? Like even just self-expression, what happens with that? You know what? That's so beautiful. And I'm so glad you said that because the thing is with dancing is it's not the kind of um, fitness that you choose that comes from a place of punishment. It's the kind of movement that comes from a place of pleasure and that comes from a place of love for your body. And so I think getting into that more feminine movement is it's not just a creative expression, it's moving your body from a place of pleasure. And I think if you are in that cycle of binging and dieting, you've probably also got into a cycle of using exercise as a way to punish yourself for what you ate or as a way to earn the right to eat what you want. And I think exercise can kind of get tied up in this tangle with with food and the relationship with it can become damaging um but a huge huge step in the right direction is to choose movement that just feels good and you know checking in with that intention of why you're going to the gym is it because it makes you feel amazing or is it because you want to punish yourself for what you ate um and so you know for me something that's helped massively is separating the food from the exercise. So choosing food that nourishes my body, yes, definitely. But then on a completely separate page, using ex- like choosing exercise, sorry, not using exercise, choosing exercise or movement that actually feels good and feels like it is from a place of love for my body. Um, so dancing is definitely one of them because it is tapping into that feminine creative energy and it's from a place of pleasure and it feels it's completely different, doesn't it, than than lifting weights? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, how does how does somebody? Because for me, when I first even started choosing that, it was like I would have um, because the way that I grew up, I was so afraid of getting fat because that's what I heard my whole life. You're going to get fat. You're going to get fat. Literally those words were in, that was the voice in my head. If I didn't do some crazy workout or if I, if I wasn't feeling really restricted during the week. And for me, in order to start to stray from that voice, it was like, that took so much work because even when I would go dance, I'd be like, this isn't enough. Oh my God, what am I doing? Like, this is not good. You know, you'd have these like total fight or flight like thoughts. So how did you start to, did you get that and how did you calm those down? Um, yeah, completely. So when you obviously like when you have an eating disorder, it's like your worst fear on this earth to gain weight, or at least that was my experience with it. Um, it truly felt like terrifying for me. And part of my healing journey, like a huge part was being able to face that fear and, you know, to a lot of people that, you know, have not been through any, you know, issues with food and their body image, I can imagine it it might sound like completely irrational. Um, but I think a lot of women do struggle with the fear of gaining weight, especially women that kind of have everything, um, are used to having everything under control. But if this is something that you do want to, you know, if you want to be free and find peace with food um, and finally feel at home in your body. And it's really like about learning to trust your body and learning to trust that your body actually wants to be 
healthy for you. Um, your body wants you to live this incredible, healthy life. That's your your body's purpose is to here to be here and to be healthy and support you. Um, so a huge part of the work is learning to lean into that discomfort and that uncertainty and look at that fear like straight in the eye and say, do you know what? It's more important that I learn to trust my body. It's more important that I heal my issues with food than it is for me to be a certain size that I think I should be, you know? And so a huge part of my journey was to let go of that completely, let go of the numbers, like chucked out the scales, like literally just let go and allowed my body to find its natural place. And when I was able to trust my body, again, beautiful metaphor for this, because when you're able to trust your body's natural intuition, it helps you tune in with your soul intuition. Um, and if you're able to learn to trust your body, you're much more able to learn to trust, you know, your path, the universe, it, it all ties in really well. Um, when you're not clinging to those rules and those that control. Um, so yeah, it played it played a pretty pretty huge part and I think when you do finally allow yourself to trust your body you'd be surprised because I think a lot of people think that oh god if I did that I'd be the size of a house and it would be chaos Mm -hmm. Um, and I think of course there is that initial boomerang phase if you've been very very restricted but I think actually what happens is you start to tune into your natural hunger signals you start to actually get in tune with your body and when you're hungry and when you're full and when you're just emotional Mm. and when you have like these cravings you can tune in and go oh actually this is not a craving for this is not my body craving of food this is a psychological craving um so this is really what the work is about it's about tuning in and getting to know your body and its signals do you think that when you get those psychological cravings, what 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 is something that someone can do around, um, you know, if it's boredom, if it's um, being unhappy with something and it's like, okay, I, I know that it's psychological, but now what? Yeah, I think it's identifying exactly what it is. Um, so like, you know, journaling, meditation, asking yourself, the questions really um so okay I've identified that I'm actually you know just eating for entertainment because I'm bored okay well why am I bored um because I hate my job (laughs) you know (laughs) whatever it is like let's just say that it's that and it's you know we we it's so easy to compartmentalize food away from the other areas of our life but it's all completely connected and it's, you know, that's where really this world pursuing a fulfilled life. So, you know, if you are fulfilled in your life, if you feel like you are living a fulfilled life, you are not going to be having these insane cravings all the time. Because when we have these cravings, it's like we are trying to fill ourselves up from the outside in, as opposed to us feeling fulfilled from the inside out. Um, and that's the difference. So, it sounds like a massive job, but it's about pursuing a fulfilled life, which is so much harder and more challenging than just downloading another meal plan. <laughs> mm, and you know, it, it, it's crazy though, because I know so many w- women relate to this. It's almost like you just can't download another meal plan <laughs> because you get to yeah. this point where you have to start looking somewhere else. And the beauty, it, it's really quite beautiful. You know, I look back over my journey and while there are so many times I wish I did not have to go through years and years of feeling like I was in prison, like that's how it feels, right? You're like, 
you literally put yourself in prison every single day in your mind. But at the same time, the freedom on the other side of what life actually looks like when you do lean in. I love that you talk about that because that's what it felt like. It was just like having this complete trust, even though you your inner crazy is like wanting to grab onto anything. It feels like you're in a free fall, right? Completely. And I think another thing that I really, that really helped me was connecting to how I wanted to feel in my body, you know, in 10, 20 years, not like, you know, I think when we're in that cycle, all we can see is like the next six weeks or like, how is my body going to be transformed in the next six weeks or 12 weeks or whatever it is. And it's all about how it looks in the mirror. And I think something that is so crucial is, well, how do I want to feel in my body, you know, in the next decade or like, how, like, what is the relationship with my food and my body that I would pass down to a daughter? Um, and when we tap into that, we can go, okay, I'm miles away from where I want to be with that. And so if we want to feel free, then freedom is what we have to choose. We, we can't keep mm-hmm. thinking that, you know, this next plan will then give us freedom because it doesn't work like that. It's like choosing more control will not give you freedom we have to choose freedom um and if that's how if you want to feel completely free in your body and you want to feel at peace you have to keep you have to choose that (laughs) it sounds so obvious no I mean that is like so profound though that is so wow it's like one of those moments where something just hits you it's like we want to feel free as women we want to we have this picture that if we're this body type in our mind that we're free but the choices to get there are so opposite of freeing and social and fun completely and when I realized that it was you know it was like whoa (laughs) no wonder I've been stuck in the same cycle for seven years wow that's amazing okay so I was just um going through all of your Instagram posts, which by the way, I'm obsessed with, like if I ever want to feel free, like just in my mind, like I go to yours cause you're in Bali and you're in, you know, you, I feel like you're all over and you just, th- these beautiful posts and, and it's really soulful, beautiful posts. But recently you've been talking about, um, you had a post about empowering other women and it comes down to self-love. And this just, I mean, this is so my jam because I've written a book about tribe and truly this was, so real in my life that I couldn't empower other women until I loved who I was. So can you tell me a little bit about that journey for you? Yeah, completely. And this is something that I've been through in my own way as well. You know, again, with the the world that I was in with the performing arts industry, you you are set up to compete with other women. It's very you know, it's bitchy by nature. It's, you know, it's one, one woman out for, out for herself really. Um, and I found it difficult to, um, I found it difficult to truly lift other women up and I'm, I'm like, and really mean it, Mm. really mean it. Um, and the reason for that was because I was tearing myself down. I was in a battle with myself and I didn't feel worthy I didn't feel like um I was good enough and I didn't love myself and this is what I this is the journey that I've been on I see the more the more that I love myself the more that I practice self-love and develop the relationship I have with myself into something beautiful the more I'm able to help lift other women up and genuinely mean it from the heart because if we're just constantly judging ourselves then we're just going to project that outwards as well onto other women we're going to be like 
if you're judging yourself, then you're probably going to be judging everyone else. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if, you know, you find yourself in these circles of women that are bitching and gossiping, they probably don't have very high esteem. They don't have a good relationship with themselves because that's the reason that we, that we do that. And so the more you practice self-love, the more you practice cultivating a healthy relationship with yourself, you can spread that love to the women around you and genuinely mean it and have soulful, beautiful relationships with other women. And it just all starts with with you as it always does. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to start, you know, I get this question all the time, like, what does that actually translate to in real life? If I wanted to start supporting other women, not only supporting yourself first, but what does it actually look like when you support other women or reach out to help other women? So for me, something that I've started doing that's, that's been really helpful is if I think something if I like have a thought cross my mind about a woman's um, achievements or beauty or, you know, whatever it is, wisdom or something that I admire in her, um, it's it's so natural for us to kind of think it and then almost like make it mean something about us, like make us feel less than in in a way. And so something that I've started practicing um, and it's very practical is when I have that thought of like oh my gosh she's so this or um I love the way she does this I will go out of my way to tell her Mm. um and I will just voice it and a lot of the time us women are not used to hearing that from other women so it can feel a little bit awkward when you first start doing it but it's it's so rewarding and feels so good on on both sides um and I think that kind of real um, you know, complimenting of other women and just letting letting the women around you know why they inspire you and how how awesome they are. Um, so that would be that would be my first step. Mm, I love that. So for the word authenticity, I feel like this um, is a huge word for everybody right now. Authenticity, alignment, and they really go hand in hand. So what does being authentic mean for you in your life? Being authentic for me in my life has to mean that I am in integrity with myself. So all of my actions feel in integrity with my own values. Um, And I think as long as I feel like that, then I feel like I am being authentic with with myself. Um, And then uh, hopefully that translates to the rest of the world. So you know when... You are being authentic one day and honestly, the next day you're like, that's no longer authentic to me. Can you share a little bit about how authenticity changes for people? Because I think sometimes what can happen is, you know, when I first started stepping into being authentically me, it was like you have this uprising in your life of people saying you've changed or this isn't you or you're not acting like yourself. And that can feel really that can bring up a lot of emotion of maybe I'm not being me. And that's kind of those beginning phases of really following that path. Did you ever experience that? Yeah, I mean, I think no one knows you better than you know yourself. And I think, you know, especially doing what we do online, people follow us. And I guess we're kind of like characters playing out a story, um, playing out our own storyline. And people get to, you know, we follow along with these characters online, but we never really fully know them because you know still the amount that we share online you know the amount that you and I share online is a lot um 
But even then, it's still just a small percentage of what actually goes on in the 24 hours in a day. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's so easy to say, oh, you've changed. But bloody hell, we're all changing. Like, if you didn't change, that would be more cause for concern, given like, given, especially given the industry that we're in, it's all about growth and it's all about change. So we are constantly letting our old versions of us die and being reborn. Like that is the world that we're in. It's, we are always letting go of old beliefs. We are always forming new beliefs. We are always forming new habits and dropping old ones, forming new relationships and, you know, grow outgrowing old ones. It's, it's the journey of life. <laughs> and I think for us it's in this industry, it can be accelerated somewhat because we are really valuing our growth at, at, to a very high degree. Um, so yeah, I think, I think change and growth is good. And I think as long as we are being real with ourselves and, you know, just always checking in with ourselves to make sure that we are showing up how we, how we want to show up and feel good about it. I think that is, that is the most important thing. So recently, I my heart so went out to you. I was reading a post of yours and you had done a TED Talk, which is like one of the most exciting things ever. Congratulations. I know how much work goes in. Like, I know how much work goes into them. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but your audio was not what they wanted. So they were not able to post it. And I know that yeah. that is like, if that would have happened to me, I can only imagine, I know the feelings that I would have gone through. So can you share a little bit about the journey of prepping and then the journey of what that looked like to reframe what happened? Yeah, I was so crushed. Oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, doing a TED Talk was my massive goal for 2017. And, you know, the way that it manifested in my life, the way that the opportunity came around, it was all very synchronous, very um it was all very synchronized and it felt very aligned. And I got, you know, to fly out to Switzerland in December and it was magical and snowy. And I'd prepped this talk, but like the week before I went on, I scrapped the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> just like decided to just tell my story and speak from the heart. And so it was feeling, it was feeling great. And the whole trip was just magical and it was, it was incredible. And I know that when I came off that stage, I felt like I had done a really great job and I had some feedback from the people in the audience there and obviously you know there's like three or four hundred people there and you know I got great feedback from them and I know you know I had some messages afterwards saying I was in the audience and you really spoke to me and I know there was a couple of girls in the audience that had been through a similar thing to me and so I know that it reached some I know that it touched people that it was meant to touch mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. there is an element of like well obviously going it going up on the TED YouTube it's, it's kind of what it's what it's about you know really <laughs> it's like excite that's like an exciting it's like a big deal isn't it um so yeah I mean they said it would be up within a month of me doing the speech and obviously that was December and now it's April and I'm starting to think okay well, what's happened something's gone wrong um so I'm emailing and I'm emailing and, and they're saying um yeah no um it'll be up it'll be up soon and, and then they're kind of not getting back to me and I'm like guys what's happening <laughs> and um and they kind of wrote me an email said was ever so sorry but the the quality of the something happened with either the mic was in the wrong place or you know the audio the audio is damaged and we've tried everything we can to try and fix the audio but this is the best that we can get it 
Um, and I think it was maybe to do with me going on. I was the first speaker on stage. So I think it was maybe to do with that. And um, they sent me the file to listen to. And I com- I was like, oh, my God, it's terrible. Like, it sounded like it's quite amusing, actually. But it sounds like I've got like a really big lisp. Um, <laughs> so it's like it's quite comical. But obviously what I'm speaking about is quite serious. So mm-hmm. I was. Uh, I was obviously I was crushed but at the same time I was like I know that it's just an opportunity for me to do it again and so you know I, I I was devastated but I didn't I didn't spend too long dwelling on it because I knew that I could I knew that I could do it again Mm. I love that you shared that. And honestly, every, I mean, for real, everybody who does a TED talk, they're like, I wish I could do it one more time. So, (laughs) so you know what, it is just beautiful for you to be able to go and do it because you already have your, you already know what it's like now. I'll probably have a completely new message to share by then. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I just know that it was completely meant to be. And I think, you know, I was talking to my boyfriend about this. And when I when when I was completely crushed, I was like, why, why, why has this happened? And I'm so gutted. And he said, look, you can't believe guiding you only when it seems to be in your favor. Like you have to have, you know, you have to be believing that full time. (laughs) You know, you can't just kind of think that when it's in your favor or I'm being divinely guided and when it's not in your favor that you're not being guided so that was like a good check-in of like oh yeah of course this is very well you know this massively orchestrated accident surely is not an accident so I just I just know that something better is I know that it's it's you know a diversion to a much better TED talk Mm, I, I honestly I've had so many big things like that happen where in the moment I'm like okay just give it a minute like the way there's there's some reason for it like when I was publishing my book right in the middle of it the the my editor and the woman that like the whole team I'd been working with um got laid off and like this entire team about ready to go to publish this book like I'm working with a brand new team and I'm like oh my gosh but it's been it's been amazing and beautiful because I just like went with it you know it's so crazy how these things happen so I think I think we just don't hear about it so I love that you shared that because um you know that could have been devastating but honestly you're reframing it to this beautiful experience and I think the story is so important and it, it also makes such a beautiful story to be able to teach and share so thank you for that um, I think it's important that we share what goes wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's something that I've had to consistently remind myself to do is show that is not just show the things that I'm that I think look shiny and good, um, but actually share the struggles and the stuff that I'm working through and the stuff that's not perfect and far from it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy to slip into, you know, the highlight reel and it's, you know, everyone does it. Everyone does it. It's so hard not to. Um, but yeah, the reason I shared that is because it was, it was a big, it was a big occurrence. It was a big, um, thing that happened in my life. And I think if people are following me, they, they should get, you know, um, they should get a, what's the word? A, a story, a story that is, you know, close to what is actually going on in my life right now. 
um, not just the bits that look good on my CV. So anything right now that you are, um, maybe a challenge or a beautiful lesson that you're going through right now or recently besides that? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, a huge thing that I'm going through right now is we just moved home. We just moved to London from Bali and I've been in Bali for 18 months. And I mean, obviously I, you know, came back and forth and was, was around a lot, like around traveling around a lot, but Bali was like my home. Um, and it was, we had like a beautiful big home and an office and it was, it was great. Um, and we moved back to the UK a month ago. Um, and we've been viewing places in London and pretty much for the last month since we got back, we've been living out of bags. Um, so I've been at Airbnbs and then at my boyfriend's parents' house and then at friends' houses. And we've literally been living out of bags and it has been, it's been a struggle because my routines have been off. My movement fitness has been completely gone out the window. Um, I've not been waking up in the same bed every morning. So that has been something that has really you know, my client sessions, I've not been able to do from the same place that I like to do. <laughs> so things like my, my environment has massively changed. And we were supposed to move into a place two weeks ago, and it fell through. So now we are moving into a new place, which is actually even better. So we were definitely, that was a good diversion, because this place is much better. Um, but we are due to move in next weekend, if all goes to plan. So that's something that I'm currently going through right now, just being a little bit all over the place with my bags and stuff everywhere and my routines out, but I'm not, I'm not in complete chaos. Like I maybe would have been back when, you know, control and discipline was like my highest value. I'm a lot more able to go with the flow now, but it's still very much a challenge. Mm, that's what I was just going to ask you because especially, you know, for me, certain triggers can definitely be, um, being very busy, a lot of different travel, um, not really knowing or having your things around because we get so in our routine. So what are some tools that you find you're falling back on right now? Um, tools that I find I'm falling back on. Do you mean like good, like tools, like good tools that yeah, I'm relying on? tools to kind of like get you through this time right now. Um, just making sure that I'm meditating every morning. Mm -hmm. That's like my, my big one and making sure that I am writing in my journal and writing out my goals every morning. So I can do that from absolutely anywhere that I am. Um, and sleep, mm -hmm. <laughs> sleep is a big one. And I think for me, you know, I think, you know, as much as I am, you know, a fan of social media and using it for my business, there's definitely a, there's definitely an area that I have to watch my relationship with it become just too much. And I notice that if I start to feel anxious, um, it's so easy for me to just grab my phone and flick some social media platform on and it's complete distraction tool. Um, and so that's something that I am becoming more aware of and trying to, um, just get really honest with myself when that's coming up for me um, and when I'm relying on that in, in probably an unhealthy way. Um, but yeah, sleep is, a, sleep is a big one for me, making sure I'm getting a good eight hours I need for me to function properly. Mm. I feel like you're my, literally, you're my spirit animal. Like you, I could have answered everything the same right there. I so relate to you. So what is super exciting for you right now? 
super exciting for me right now is I am organizing my first big event. Um, yeah, and the tickets are going on sale in two days, which is ah, wow. scary. But um, it's called the Self Love Summit, and it's going to be in London. And I'm pretty sure it's the first, and might be wrong, but I feel like it's the first, if not one of the first, um, all-female personal development events for women uh, for women in London. I don't feel like there's anything else like that at the moment. So I am hoping that this is, you know, the the first of many of these events. So yeah, wow. I have a great lineup and um, 200 tickets have already gone to women that are inside my programs. Um, so yeah, that's launching in 48 hours. So, um, that's really exciting for me right now and wow. terrifying at the same time, completely terrifying. <laughs> totally. Totally. I so feel you. <laughs> that's amazing. It's going to be amazing. And obviously you're meditating so that will do everything and ev- anything that you need for seats and, you know, to get people in seats and to keep your sanity and to visualize it. So you're, you already have everything. It's going to be so perfectly beautiful. I can't wait to hear about it. So tell me a little bit more. I want to know a little bit more about the event. Like what, how many days, what's it all like? What do you want to do? What journey do you want to take the women on? Mm, So it is a one day event. So it's just a full jam packed day in London. Um, And really it's for women that are are on that on that journey of growth and you know self-discovery but they may be um that you know (laughs) the title of my next book is hungry for more and I just I just keep using it because this is what these women are they are just hungry for more information more growth more learning more you know developing themselves and their relationships um but maybe the people around them don't really quite get it so this event is you know to bring those women together and take them on a journey of hopefully, you know, transformation and breaking through limiting beliefs. Um, but I know you're big on finding your tribe. And for me, when I first started out on this journey, I felt like I was discovering that I was completely limitless, Mm. but no one else around me got it. And I didn't feel like I could talk to any of the people that are actually, that were actually physically in my life about it because people thought that I was a little bit weird, a little bit woo-woo, and I couldn't really talk about the universe or meditation or anything like this. So I would go to these seminars completely by myself um, and just sit and get inspired and have goosebumps the whole way through. Um, And, you know, doing that opened my eyes and helped me meet so many amazing soul sisters as well. So I really wanted to create the space for the women in my audience to to do that because I know so many of them feel like they're on this journey and no one else around them really gets it. So that was that's really the purpose of this event. Oh, I love it. Did you have any limiting beliefs around becoming friends with women when you first started to kind of create your tribe, whether it was limiting beliefs around how you were showing up or what you had to offer or about what you were maybe thinking the relationships would look like? Oh, what a juicy question. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess all of my relationships with women my age had be- had been somewhat competitive and I think I had a belief that other women didn't like me Mm. um or I had a belief that um I remember being told at school um by 
you know, I don't think I was told directly, but it was one of those indirect things that someone says that it's just loud enough that you can hear it, um, mm-hmm. like on purpose. And I had a couple of the older girls in school say about me that I loved myself. And I remember thinking that it was the most, the worst thing that anyone could have ever said to me. It was completely crushing. And I remember thinking, oh my God, that is the worst thing. I need to not ever act like I love myself. That is so awful. I don't want to be the girl that loves themselves. I just want to be liked by other girls. <laughs> and mm. it's so amazing that now I'm teaching self-love. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think a belief that I had to get, you know, change and work through was this belief that other women didn't want to like me um, for whatever reason that I had in my mind because because I was too because I love myself too much, you know? And now I realize that it's the other way around. It's like, we have to, we have to love ourselves and that is the work and we have to help everyone else do the same thing. Wow. Now you're like, that is such a compliment. Thank you. (laughs) You can see it. Oh, yay. Completely. I'm like, thank you. That means so much to me. (laughs) So what would you say around um, other women? building their tribe, you know, women who are coming to your event to connect with other women. I mean, let me tell you, I still like can show up and while I feel good and I know I can navigate anything, I still get that awkward, like little girl that comes with me, like where I just, I feel like a weirdo, but I embrace it. So is there anything that you kind of have learned to either embrace and what can you tell people about showing up in a room wanting to build a tribe, make a tribe within your event or whenever they show up in a room of women when they have the opportunity to connect? Mm, I think I think there's so much power in letting those walls down and allowing yourself to be vulnerable with other women um, because it feels like such a relief when another woman does that, when she kind of takes off the, you know, metaphorically takes off the makeup almost and just shows the real her and, you know, shows, you know, the struggle or the the weakness or the, the thing that she's going through. And that is really, you know, what breeds true connection when we drop trying to be perfect or trying to get everyone's approval and we just completely real with ourselves. Um, and that for me is what helped, what's helped me create the most solid female friendships in my life is just where I feel like I've just completely shown the real me. Um, so it's scary, but, and it takes courage to do that, but it's so, so worth it. Um, and it feels so good to, to create deep friendships and connections based on your truth and who you really are. And I think that's when you're really going to feel the support as well from the other women. So yeah, I guess going to events on your own, just be willing to take the masks off (laughs) and just be completely real with, with who you are and where you're at. Mm, Amazing advice. So you have a new book coming out in July. Yes. Okay. Tell me about it. So it's hungry for more, Mm -hmm. satisfy your deeper cravings, feed your dreams and live a full up life. So obviously all the food metaphors in there, um, Mm -hmm. it is really about using your relationship with food and your powerful cravings to actually understand what your soul is hungry for on a much deeper level. Um, And that always looks like love, connection, you know, a mission 
a greater sense of meaning in your life, this is what often all these things uh, point to. So um, rather than um, punishing your cravings or condemning them or, you know, making yourself wrong for having them, it's about using them to guide you in the direction of your soul calling, essentially. I always love second books and second projects and the next thing because it's so I think it's so powerful for women to see that they might have this big vision but a lot of times once you take that first step and you do that first thing or you write that first book or you you really look head on at that first maybe issue that you're working through it's like you really are creating that foundation and the next thing will automatically evolve. Like this second book is like the natural evolution to what you did. So how did you know, was it just one day you're like, wow, yes, this is so crazy how this runs parallel and this is my next message. Like what did that transition look like for you? So for me, it's like the women that I, I mean, I'm so lucky. I get to work with my clients in my online program and I, Literally, I'm in that community all the time, and I see the journey that these women go on with their with healing their relationship with food. And most of them come into the program, and they're stuck in the diet trap and the cycle of dieting and binging. And they're on various different, you know, plans, or they've hit a wall with that. And they've not really ever. Um, most of them, anyway, have not really ever. Um, had their, um, I want to say like had their eyes opened to um, really developing and growing themselves as a person. I think most of the women that that find my work, it's been all about their body. It's been all about their weight. Um, and when they begin to heal their stuff with food, they begin to go, oh my gosh, I'm actually pretty, pretty powerful. <laughs> if I can overcome this, what else can I overcome? And so that's the journey that I went on myself, you know, healing that made me go, holy shit, if I can get myself out of that, out of that mess, I am, wow, like what else, like if I can transform my limiting beliefs around food and my body, like what else can I do this magic on? And so I went on that journey and I saw my clients go on the exact same journey. And so this, this second book is for that next stage of the journey because I, I see it with them all the time. They, they've, you know, their, their diet, the diets and the weight loss and the, you know, the obsessive exercise or the binging it's when that evaporates, it leaves this massive hole in your life. And then it's like, Oh my God, what am I going to, what am I going to, create what magic do I want to create because I've got this incredible life now um, and I've got all this extra time mm-hmm. <laughs> and this extra headspace and this extra energy and oh my god I am actually allowed to focus on my big dreams mm-hmm. um and actually what I want to do in my life and so that is so magical because oh that's oh mm-hmm. I just I just love seeing <laughs> seeing people get to that place and then they're like oh my god and it's like they realize that they are literally creating their life and they can design it and do whatever they want with it and um yeah I think you know again with the parallels with the food a lot of the a lot of diet culture is really focused on being good having you know being good all the time being on track all the time and I see this 
parallel with wanting to be approved by everyone in in society, wanting to take the right steps in their career, take, you know, tick the right boxes, get the right paycheck, get the right promotion. And when a lot of the time, when you, when you set yourself free around food and you stop trying to be good all the time by, you know, whatever diet clubs standards, it also opens, opens up the, um, the pathway for you to go, well, where else in my life am I just trying to be good and trying to get someone's approval? Like, where else am I just Mm. ticking the boxes in life? And so that's why, you know, you heal your relationship with food. You go on to, you know, break up from unhealthy relationships or change your job, you know, or, you know, change your life, move cities, whatever it is, because it all runs parallel and you can't, you can't help but ask the questions about your life as well. So good. So where can we find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Yes. Come and find me at melwells.com or on social media. It's I am, it's sorry, at I am Mel Wells. Um, and Instagram is usually where I'm hanging out most of the time. <laughs> mm, I love it. And I just want to acknowledge you and thank you for how you show up in the world because it is not easy to continue to show up on this path and be a warrior of healing yourself so you can heal other people. So I'm so grateful for you. I know that I have been uplifted by so many of your posts and I feel your presence out in the world. So thank you so much. Oh, Laurie, that means so much. You are a huge inspiration for me too. And I I hope that we get to share a lot of time together this year as well. I hope so. That would be amazing. And I always end on one last question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So you have, it's like a 30 second elevator ride with somebody and it's a total stranger and they look over at you and they say, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Oh, how can I make myself happy? I would say start treating yourself like you would treat someone that you really love. And that's it. (laughs) That's so so beautiful. Thank you so much, Mel. And you guys, if you loved this podcast as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.